all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Join the conversation every Tuesday at 11 as we dissect issues that are important to you and your family. That's Relatively Speaking, Tuesdays only on MPB Think Radio. for joining us here today on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me in the studio today, I have a familiar guest. We've had him on before, Dr. Danny Reich, who is a pharmacist and also a faculty member at UMMC. And we're going to be talking about supplements today. Now, I know I get a ton of questions in clinic from patients about supplements as well as messages that come in through our email uh, around supplements. And if you want to send us an email anytime you can, that email address is fit at mpbonline.org. But we are live and here in the studio for you today if you would like to ask us questions about supplements. All right, Danny, tell us a little bit about what you do at UMC. Hey, Josie. Yeah. Glad, glad to be back. Yeah. Um, so over at UMC, I, I do clinical care for, for patients typically with heart disease, diabetes, and cholesterol. Um, have been working with several of the physicians, nurse practitioners over there for many years. Uh, and I'm affiliated also with the schools of pharmacy, medicine, and, and do a lot of teaching over there, focus on that. And then my research area has been in the area of natural products and uh, dietary supplements, um, uh, ranging from giving people supplements and then testing their metabolic outcomes to uh, even testing some of what a supplement, what is in some mm-hmm. of these things that are supplements. So uh, wide range of different things. <laughs> yes, and absolutely the correct person to be helping me tackle this topic today. So I think the best place to start is when we say a supplement, what does that mean? Sure. And and there is a wide variety of understandings of this. But in the U.S., in the very least, um, a dietary supplement would be something, whether whether food-based or synthetic, that is being consumed, um, uh, in, you know, in a certain mechanism. So it can be a liquid. It can be a capsule. It can be a it can even be transdermal. It can be even things like little films that go on the tongue um, and they're being consumed for intent, but not intent that is an indication for like uh, the FDA. An example might be you could consume something for as uh, uh, oxidative stress, but you can't consume it for hypertension. Right. And so um, that's that's kind of where it it differs between pharmaceutical industry and supplement industry. Now, that being said, both have cost uh, in terms of what it costs. And I'm sure the listeners here, and we, we do encourage you call and hope you do. Uh, I, 
I, when you're sitting there at I don't know, Walgreens, Kroger, whatever it would be, and you're sitting there with the wall of supplements, I call it. <laughs> yes, it is most, a wall of supplements. And when I do my teaching, I refer to it as that because the pharmacist has to be aware of all of the things on the wall. Oh, yes. And you were talking about vitamins and minerals and then um, sometimes even prescription level drugs, say a fish oil or a niacin or something along those lines, uh, even aspirin being a, fit, a prescription level drug. And uh, the, the patient is the is the provider. Mm-hmm. You make your own choices. It can be very, very taxing and, and and difficult for a person to look through not just from what it is I need. But what is the dose? What am I doing it for? And then what is the cost? And I, I think we can we we as uh, pharmacists and pr- practitioners, we need to be fully aware of all of mm-hmm. the things that someone can be on. But then the, the person who's consuming it, that's the one that it's most important for. And uh, so Josie and I were talking earlier. And we were saying everybody is well Google read on supplements. <laughs> yes, um, that is that is true. Um, but some of the things we see are whether or not the supplement is effective, mm-hmm. when the adverse effect can actually occur. Some of these supplements are bad. Yeah. And and many of the other ones are costly for no effectiveness whatsoever. And and I think that's something that maybe in the show, but certainly in your doctor's office, you can have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And as long as your doctor has that ability to welcome that into their care, they'll improve yours. And uh, like Josie, for example, she's someone who welcomes that. She's very great at lifestyle supplements. <laughs> and um, uh so I think I think that's my overview of what is supplement and the supplement environment as it relates to the people that might be listening. Today. Yeah, absolutely. And we do already have a caller on the line. So we're going to go to Lewis, who is on the road and say, good morning. How can we help you? I think it's great that you have uh, the gentleman on the on the air this morning. Me too. Uh, he's not he's not trying to to sell anything if we're, we're caught as consumers on, on television. And I, I do have a question sure. uh, that is, he will give an, I'm sure, an unbiased opinion versus searching on Google as, as uh, he said we can look things up. But uh, I take three supplements, and I just, I guess I want to know the validity, uh, you know, the pros, the cons, as Google would list. I take something, um, and again, I'm sorry to mention name brand. I'm sure there's That's others. Okay. One is one is Octavite, one is Superbeats. And one is Prevagen. All right. And you're kind of wanting to know what the what the skinny is on those, if they're worthwhile or not. I am because, yeah, because, you know, you can go on, as he said, and go to Google and show you pros and cons, but you never know who's paying for that that, that information. And mm-hmm. I'd rather hear from someone that's unbiased. Right. What, the, what was your name, Lewis? Lewis. Yep. No, this is yes. uh, Lewis. First off, thanks for the compliment. You made me feel good today. <laughs> um, secondly, I heard a couple of them. Uh, I, I heard a couple of them. One of them I know the uh, Super Beats. It's it's like a beetroot kind of powder, correct? Uh, this is a chew. Uh, oh, you got a Four chew. Times. Okay, I, I'm familiar with the powder. I'm assuming we're going to talk about the same ingredients, but um, essentially, uh, the powder is it's a heavier vitamin C. It's a it's beet based, so you have antioxidant inherent to the beet, right? Um, so that's that's kind of the key. But I think it's more so just replacing C and then giving you some caloric content. What's in that? Sodium, potassium, mm-hmm. I think. So I think it's giving you uh, some caloric content and electrolytes along with vitamin C and a little bit of antioxidation. So I think that's the the role for the super beet. Um, but I. 
it's a pretty low level role uh, that can probably be replaced by something like a super B complex, which is going to give you more energy if that's what you're looking for by using it. Um, yeah. And and cheaper. And so I, I yeah. probably would do would would replace that one with that. Now, the Octavite. Now, I know I am familiar with that. That's for the eyes. It's a vitamin. It's a yeah. multivitamin typically. But let me I don't I don't know about the specifics of what's in yours. I, I'm sorry about that. But um, in terms of ingredients, because there are. 14, 15 different Octavites you'll mm-hmm. find at the local Kroger. Um, typically, it'll have lutein in it. It'll have some things like um, E. Uh, it'll have your typical multivitamin basic stuff, which is going to be your ADEC vitamins plus some Bs. They throw in selenium. They throw in a little bit of chromium usually. Um, alpha lipoic acid probably in there, maybe a couple other amino acids that have a low level of absorption in the content amount that you'd be getting, like low dose. Um, however, the, the good news is a lot of people are in the American diet very deficient in several of the things that we would have in your traditional multivitamin, even more so deficient in vitamin A's and lutein's and alpha lipoic acids and whatever it would be that would be in your specific brand of Octavite. Um, so I, I would continue that. And now I don't know your, your medical history, uh, but I don't think there is risk in that. And I think from a cost perspective, it's a good supplemental micronutrient factor thing for you. So I, I feel good about that. Okay. And I, I'm going to be honest, I missed the third one. Prevagen. Uh, Prevagen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not as familiar with Prevagen. Um, maybe that's why I missed it. So let me just look at what is in Prevagen real quick, sir. Uh, but n- my quick look right here is it's uh, this one says it's a $74 bottle. So I find that to be it. It better have something in it that is meaningful. Um, oh, okay. So it's a it's kind of a um, a, a D supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I, I get I get the concept of that. This says it's a cholecalciferol um, fifty mics, uh, which is a pretty good dose of cholecalciferol. I. The thing you, about that supplement, if it's 74 bucks now, I don't know what you're getting it for. You might be getting a lot cheaper than that. But if it's 74 bucks, there are generic um, Ds that are Coley or Ergo Calciferol that are over the counter that you can get. In, and usually it's dosed in units, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get 5,000 units, for example, which is a great daily dose from preventative purposes in a man. And um, I, I think you can get it for like 13 bucks. So I, the only thing I would do with that, not that it's bad, I, I, of course please take vitamin D. We're all deficient mm-hmm. in vitamin D, even when we get enough sun. But I think the, the bigger thing is, could you be more cost effective in how you're getting the D into your body? And the probable answer is, yeah, if you're paying 74. If you're not, if you're paying like 15, go for it. Continue it. Sounds like a good supplement to me, even though I wasn't familiar with that specific brand. Danny, it had a, another component in it that I am not familiar with, and I am going to try and say it, but I may butcher it. It's called apoecorin. Okay. Do you know what that is? I'm not familiar with that, but I think it's supposed to be for memory. Okay, so uh, that's where they're they're trying. That's where they're getting their seventy four dollars. Yeah, that must be it. So uh, my, uh, it it looks like it's actually a popular supplement. Okay. Um, but. Now, uh, it's a protein. Uh, I think the NIH even has some stuff on this. Calcium so, binding protein is what it says. C- correct. Gotcha. And, and um, let's see. I, I, I don't think I've seen... I don't think I've seen any effectiveness studies, whether it be for memory or... 
uh, counter toxicity things in the body with it. Um, I have seen safety stuff, but I feel like the safety stuff has been good. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel like the NIH one was like a low level or non-association with liver toxicity. So I feel like the safety stuff has been fine. But in terms of the effectiveness stuff, I haven't seen anything that struck me as, oh, I would recommend this supplement because I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's probably where I would sit on that one. I still think you could get a cheaper D, but they're probably selling it for 74 because of that component then. Um, that would make more sense, and they're trying to push that one component. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth seventy four. Yeah, uh, and you know the uh, the Occuvite, depending on which formulation that you have, may have vitamin D in it as well because some of the Occuvites do. So take a take a look at the back of the bottle and see because we don't need to be doubling up on things yeah. um, and kind of spending that extra money that way. So sounds like the take home is the Occuvite probably yes, the other two. Probably not completely necessary unless you just love them. Okay. And I've got two final questions. Sure. One is, since he specializes in uh, the cardiac, mm-hmm. um, is, is, Super Beats any, is Super Beats or the brand or that type of powder, is there any good in that for the cardiac? Well, uh, let me let me tell you about the indirect good. So from from a concept of B12, particularly, although the other supplemental Bs are good, like we can make the argument about niacin and and its effect, and it's technically a B vitamin. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now that being said, it's a B vitamin, but it, there are different types of niacin, and the niacin you would get from a B vitamin, and it probably won't be in the super B complex in the first place. But the niacin you get from the B vitamin will be relatively void of its lipid effects, but in terms of uh, B12, that's your energy boosting B vitamin. And we have a vast amount of deficiency in B12 in our diet here in the U.S. And I think in part where we get this fatigability and this low energy and this I don't want to uh, get off the couch outside of whatever the mental capacities are and then what we have in our daily that uh, spend all of our caloric energy is we have low B12. And so you're saying heart, well, getting moving is always good for the heart. And I think the B vitamin gives us the ability to get moving and uh, and the, to get energy. I most recommend that like in my um, adults who are headed to the gym, who have full lives, um, uh, taking like a a little um, sublingual. A, what is it called? Yeah, sublingual. A film. Yeah, it's a film. You put it on your tongue. It gets absorbed within about a fifteen-minute period, and then you have this very strong B twelve energy boost that's equivalent or more so than like two bananas if you mm. were to go to the gym, and and okay. so uh, in terms of heart. I mean, there, there's one I would say uh, I, I'd be good at uh, or I'd be good with. Um, there are other things for the heart, of course, uh, but they're very dependent. Like uh, red yeast rice would be a product you might an herbal supplement that you might consider if you were statin intolerant. And that would be in someone with heart disease. But then there are other prescriptions called PCSK9s that I would prefer mm-hmm. over them. Um, and so, it, you know, you kind of. I'm giving you a very generic B12 for the heart, uh, but I I do think that answers your question as it relates to the super B in the heart um, in the in the way I would be willing to answer it here on the on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. And the last the last question I've got is if I'm 58 and this would be in closing, if I'm 58 and I'm in relatively good health as of this moment, what would you tell a 58 year old male? a good supplement or supplements to to keep that 58 plus going. 
Well, I'd say your your multivitamin makes a ton of sense. And after that, it depends a little bit on your personal components. So whether what your med list is, what your problem list is, and what you've done in the past. So I, I, I feel like I can't give a, a general or generic recommendation, but in terms of these aren't supplements, but things uh, things that would be uh, meaningful in general, like aspirin and then good sleep would be a big one, whether you use a supplement for that or not, which there are supplements for that. Um, but um, good sleep and uh, lacking sleep disturbance, in other words, treating any insomnic or sleep related functioning issues um, and then consistency in your other parameters. For example, if you have diabetes, checking your sugar, if you have blood pressure, checking your blood pressure, if you have um, um, cholesterol, doing your limitation on your saturated and avoidance of trans fats. So rather than supplementation, looking at the lifestyle and then adding mm-hmm. a supplement that augments what it is you need for your lifestyle. So because it's very individualized, I can't answer the question generally generically outside of a multivitamin, which you are on mm-hmm. a decent one. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but outside of the multivitamin, I'd say, uh, I'd say that's what I would do. Now there are, there are many supplements that have great effectiveness. And if you do fall into some of these listed problem or listed issues, like your med list doesn't have any interactions, your problem list infers or family history infers or indicates you would benefit from some of these effective supplements. That's where I would start my um, recommendation process with you from a, uh, a personal um, provider and patient relationship. Y'all have been awesome. Thank you very much for the detailed information you've given me. You are very welcome, and you have a safe day on the road, and thanks for giving us a call. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Dr. Danny Reich, and we are talking about dietary supplements today. All right, we kind of introduced B12. And so I kind of want to hang out there for a second because it is a very popular supplement. And there are people that that need B12. Sure. You know, and I mean, it it is a fairly easy to get blood test as well, um, you know, for vitamin B12 levels to tell whether you're deficient or not. Now, I will say that you got to be pretty low on vitamin B12 before it flags out as being truly deficient, um, whereas I see people with what I would say are clinical indicators of probably being low on vitamin B12 in the normal range, but in the, the lower end of normal. Yeah. And so I'm more likely to go ahead and recommend a supplement for B12 for that. But there are people who just need B12 supplements in general, like myself, who's primarily plant-based. Um, mm-hmm. I need a B12 supplement. Um, B12 uh, does not exist in very many plant foods, really none. Uh, you have to get fortified or supplemented um, B12 products for that. Um, so a B12 supplement is good there. And then um, as we age, we also – so B12, um, there are some absorption issues that start to occur with B12 – um, as we age, and so once you're, you know, over fifty and definitely over sixty-five, you should be speaking to your healthcare provider about the, you know, do I need to add a B12 supplement? And then metformin, which is a very common medication for diabetes. If you've been on, you know, kind of medium to high doses of metformin for you know multiple years in a row, you may also have some B12 um, absorption issues from that and need to add one of those in. Now, B12 shots are very popular. Um, mm-hmm. Not often very comfortable. Um, they can be given a couple of different ways. Most folks give them IM, which is intramuscularly, and that 
is not a fun shot to get. Um, they can be given subcutaneously as well. Or you mentioned like this film um, or sublingual tablet type things sure. that dissolve in the mouth. Those tend to be absorbed fairly well. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add there on B12? Well, yeah, no, you, you covered a ton. Um, it, the dose... It, the mechanism by which it gets in your body, whether it be the IM injection or the film or the tablets or what have you, it, it all is about the dose, right? Mm-hmm. So the film's going to have typically a lower and less lasting dose. Um, that's why I recommend it for a pre, like a pre-workout or a pre-event right. or something. Whereas the IM is going to last a longer mm-hmm. period of time. Now, of course, anything that penetrates the muscle is going to hurt. So there's pain associated with it. But um, the the... the so another another interesting thing you mentioned about levels, I, I do want to circle back to that because it's intriguing to me. When we set B12 normal levels, mm-hmm. right, in in labs and, right. and reference ranges, this was many moons ago. Mm-hmm. This is before you and I had finished degrees. <laughs> so we all learned that B12 was low at X or Y. Right. But in the environment we lived in versus the environment we right. live in today, from an energy use perspective, we use more now. Than we did then. Now, that, now, way, way many years ago when everybody had to hunt for food and everything, we used even more. Right. But then we ate more meats. Right. And so there's a lot less meat being eaten, a lot less fortification of B12. You mentioned it mm-hmm. for uh, your personal situation. Mm-hmm. But um, by the way, I eat tons of meat, so I, I'm, I'm great You're with B12. You're good on there. So, um, but... Let's talk about a fiber supplement for you. <laughs> That's funny. And so if you only knew how true. So um, no, the big thing, the big thing is I think we have a higher energy need, thus a higher energy consumption of self. And because of that, I think our levels of B12 might this is this is Danny speaking. Yes. Okay. I think it's wrong. Like, <laughs> and so I, I you know, if you get less than 150. Yeah. Your 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 B twelve we gone. use it deficient yeah. right it's diagnostic yeah. and it's chargeable to insurances and no one's really changed such things uh, since but that does not to me mean that three hundred is a sufficient level for a highly active individual and thus you mentioned oh we're low normal but I feel like I need it or I need it because. It's probably because you need it. Yeah. It, it, there, there's probably the need in some people to revisit reference range for B12. Yeah. I and treat in the 300. If it's 300 or 300 to 400, see, I'm like, let's go ahead and let's try it. And see, most would say, but it's in the normal reference range. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Yeah. And But, you know, five to 600 makes more sense. Mm-hmm. And, and you might say, okay, but we don't want to get toxic. Well, here's the great news. You can't. You can't get toxic on B12. It's a water-soluble you vitamin. You're going to urinate it out. It's pee-pee. Yeah. It turns into pee. And so... We're we're good with lack of toxicity. Thus, we can give the shot, which, by the way, if you check the level within two days of the shot, your B12 is over 2,000. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can manage over 2,000 for weeks at a time, our reference ranges might be wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I just I find that we we could be better in terms of dosing B12 or understanding how the individual compensates for their B12 dose. Um, but that would be my only comment in addition to what you said, because you yeah. covered the whole concept pretty well with the different varieties, mm-hmm. how the dosing, the reference ranges, the, do- the how you feel. And I think that's the best part. You can take B12 even if you, if even if it's symptomatic only yeah. and your doctor said, no, it's normal. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about two very common questions I get in clinic or very common supplements that I see patients come in on. And I want to congratulate my patients for telling me that they are on the supplements. That is a a big 
big thing that I want listeners to take away as well is like let your healthcare provider know because just like Danny mentioned at the beginning of the show, just because they're over the counter doesn't mean that they don't interact with other medications or um, you know might be contraindicated in a particular medical condition that you have. So letting us know so that we can incorporate that kind of in the totality of your treatment plan is really important. Um, But I work with a lot of folks with diabetes and they come with cinnamon as a supplement Mm -hmm. and chromium as Mm -hmm. a supplement. So tell me about those two things. Sure. We'll start with cinnamon because I did research on this. Um, I... Uh, hmm. What was the last thing I said on that? I wrote an article. It was an opinion paper, so this would be an opinion, but it's it's in in a published journal. And um, <laughs> my ending part was, as it relates to diabetes, mm-hmm. cinnamon is best left in the med- in the spice, spice cabinet. cabinet. Yeah. And uh, I think the the data is essentially about forty day glucose improvement for cinnamon versus placebo, but it didn't even maintain by three months, which is when we would check our A one C, a measure of diabetes, every quarter to six months of the year. So I uh, I feel that cinnamon doesn't have the longitudinal efficacy that makes sense. The real problem I get into cinnamon isn't that it's an ineffective drug that just costs a little bit more in terms of supplement. The real problem I get into is the misunderstanding of cinnamon as a supplement. Cinnamon as a supplement isn't cinnamon that's just in the capsule. And so a lot of people that I have talked with because of the misunderstanding will simply add cinnamon, which right. is a sugar, um, or is then fortified in sugar right. to different foods or varieties, thinking that treats the carbohydrate that they're intaking. Right. That is a humongous mistake and has led to A1C increases very consistently over time in people I've seen that that mention cinnamon. Mm-hmm. It is one of the dangers of the Google education. Mm-hmm. Um, so cinnamon is a is a no for me. Yeah. Um, and then chromium picolinate or well chromium, but typically in the picolinate mm-hmm. salt. Um, to 200 micrograms, I believe it's yeah, I think it's 200 yeah, it's micrograms. Right. Is the is the pretty traditional supplemental a supplemental RDA? You can have this amount and not go toxic. It, it has some functioning capacity mechanistically for uh, uh, use of fatty acids, mm-hmm. let's say. Uh, so so a lot of people will say, oh, well, that can lose weight or, oh, well, that can treat sugar. And while while it, it falls into some of those pathways as a catalyst, typically, um, the, in the absence of deficient chromium, mm-hmm. hey, it's not adding the ability to treat the underlying disease. Now, if you are chromium deficient, absolutely. absolutely then, yes. then adding this gives you the catalyst to burn fatty acid. Okay, you're going to lose weight and thus other things will go down. Right. But it, most people are not chromium deficient. In fact, 98, right. It is nine? a micronutrient and and it's in a abundant number of foods. So it's very difficult to right. be truly chromium deficient. And that's what the research kind of... Um, pairs out is the fact that if you have a true chromium deficiency, which it's also not that easy to measure, so don't necessarily just walk sure. in and demand a chromium level be checked because your provider's probably going to look at you weird. Um, it, it does; It's not really efficacious um, based on the current evidence that we have there. We'll go to Liberty, Mississippi and say, good morning, Jan. How can we help you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um I'm a retired truck driver, and many years ago, my doctor, a neurologist, uh, told me put me on a bunch of supplements because he said that I wasn't and I wasn't able to eat normally 
because there's very few uh, truck stops and mm. all that. Most, most truckers just eat fast food. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, what I'm at wondering about is turmeric. Now, um, I do have a problem with my heart, and uh, I was told by my um, cardiologist, when he saw that I was taking turmeric, that I should keep it up. So okay. that is something good for the heart? Well, let's let's kind of break down turmeric. Uh, you know, it is a spice. Um, it is bright yellow in color and gives a golden color to a lot of dishes. Sometimes it's also referred to as curcumin. That's kind of the more active compound of it. And you may see that on the supplement bottle instead of turmeric. You may see curcumin on there. Um, and it's been used for centuries and centuries as uh, kind of anti-inflammatory and uh, being used to reduce inflammation in certain things, um, as well as just a, a delicious spice for foods. But Danny, what's the... What's the skinny on turmeric? Yeah, so it's been propagated or promulgated for several different disease states. I'm going to tell you, heart is certainly at the end of those, if at all. Uh, more digestive and bone and respiratory. Um, now, in terms of propagating it for these disease states or using it for them, I, it's this is why it's difficult. Uh, turmeric, curcumin, what have you. The fact that we can even say these different things is part of the difficulty. The product is so low bioavailability and it turns into so many different things that we don't really know what it would be that would be causing effectiveness. It turns into, let's say, substance X and metabolite Y, and then it is it is sent out of the body in Z way. And, and because of the inconsistent understanding of what happens after the turmeric is absorbed, which it is absorbed to such a low quantity with low bioavailability anyway, it, there's not anything that's really sure about what it's going to do. Now, that means it's also relatively safe, uh, I think the majority would say. However, uh, some of the safety issues will be ulcers. That's the big one. I think gallstones or people with gallstones is another. Those mm-hmm. would be my, my two. And then um, in terms of effectiveness, I know that the NIH through their integrative health group, the NCCIH, is um, doing studies on bone and turmeric. And I I imagine there may be something that comes of that because that makes the most sense since the bioavailability is low in the blood. But while it can be low in the bone, consistent low bioavailability in the bone can still make differences. I think other than bone, I, I don't think I would recommend turmeric uh, too too much. Um, it does fall into the area of traditional Chinese medicine for things like digestive disease. And because it can cause ulcers, you can see it can work there. I don't know that that's a positive right. can work. <laughs> um, but that's that's where now for heart, I'm, you know, you, you, you either have me stumped or it's a little outside the scope. I'm thinking of normal. it's just the antioxidant capability of it and, okay. the, and maybe the underlying, you know, kind of anti-inflammatory, anti-inflammatory component of it. And then the answer is they're far better that they, they're 
there are far better natural supplements and foods that do do better than turmeric in terms of those two yeah. components um, and and have better viability and better consistency in the blood in terms of metabolites. So I'd say no for the heart. Um, but, it, you know, whether turmeric has effectiveness or not. Now, that's another conversation. Right. So um, we'll, we'll see long term long term bone studies could come out. But I think they're currently being funded and recruited for by the, the federal government here. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're going to have to wait a little bit. And, you know, if you enjoy spicing up your food and looking for ways to, you know, not add salt to your food, and sure. gives it more flavor, adding turmeric. I try and incorporate turmeric a couple times a week. You do if you're using turmeric as a spice, you do need to um, add in some black pepper that helps up the uh, the absorption of it a little bit more there again. It's really hard to say what percent effectiveness any of these things have on it because there are very varying um, amounts in all of these different supplements. So it's hard to kind of have a generality there. Um, But, you know. Again, always talk with your healthcare provider and you're going to just ask, you know, what specifically um, are we trying to target here with my right. with my heart health with this supplement? And I do. Can I say one thing to yeah. Miss Jan? Miss yeah. Jan, I, I will tell you that the truckers, the truckers diet, it's a truck driver's <laughs> truckers diet, right? The truckers diet is actually a, a significant cause of concern in this country. And mm-hmm. we have the need for truckers like the, it's a crazy high need, especially in this post um, Amazon and COVID environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I think that it is important for truckers to consider supplements. So let me be clear. I don't think your provider is necessarily doing something wrong by making right, supplement absolutely. recommendations in you. However, turmeric for the heart. I don't, I don't think you get any out of that. But but in terms of supplements for truckers, that that is something that I consider a, a high level op- opportunity for advising supplements. So just just to say that in general. Well, I'm retired. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just continued to take them, and no one has said anything uh, about it. Sure. Uh, I do my best to eat properly now. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I, I didn't eat a whole lot of trucker food then. I had, I cooked my food in my oh, truck. Oh, good for you, Jan. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> but, like I said, I was just wondering, it's not an expensive supplement yeah sure uh, so uh, yeah, it's a spice but enjoy your retirement jan I, I i thank you for this call this was uh it was a good call thank you excuse me but retirement is boring oh gosh oh gosh well i got all kinds of stuff miss jan if you would like some projects so <laughs> all right sweetie you have a wonderful rest of your day yes y'all have a blessing all right bye-bye all right, and we will go quickly to Miss Jill in Meridian. How can we help you today? Yes, thank you so much. Sure. Uh, I'm calling in regard to my sister who um, 11 years ago had pancreatitis. Mm. And at the time, her um, gastroenterologist wanted to do a Whipple procedure on her, and she chose not to have that done. Since that time, she has been steadily losing weight. Um, Every day she, uh, or I'll say every week, she gets alpha lipoic injections, uh, alpha lipoic acid injections, Mm -hmm. and she does low-dose naltrexone 
plus um, B12 injections uh, every week, uh, maybe every two or three days. But um, her doctors have told her that she's only absorbing 15% of what she eats. And she eats a huge amount of food. I mean, she's just ravenous. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, uh, she has... um, her normal weight would have been about 125 to 130 pounds, and she is down to um, the high 80s. Oh, gosh. Uh, she is about 5'4", or was 5'4", uh, as a, you know, a young adult woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it, but she takes large doses of self- supplements. And a variety. I would not begin to know what all she takes. Mm -hmm. But more recently, uh, as as her weight has gone down, she is having some bouts of anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression. She was never on blood pressure medication until just recently. Uh, She was a very healthy woman, uh, so to speak. She had some some autoimmune issues, but um, but. I'm, I'm so afraid that as she is losing weight and not absorbing, it's affecting her um, her state of mental well-being, uh, and uh, her blood pre- pressure is fluctuating, sometimes going very high, and then dropping back to a normal range, mm-hmm. and that can happen um, more than once during the day. Is she still seeing a GI provider? Uh, she does um, not, I won't say that she sees one every year. She mm-hmm. had a colonoscopy done uh, probably uh, within the last year. Her her physician uh, told her then that basically she was healthy, except that she needed to, you know, uh, consume a lot of protein and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, I, I, what I guess I am wondering... Could all these extra supplements that she takes, could they interfere with her absorbing uh, the the food that she eats? Well, you know, without having a list of all of those supplements, um, that's hard to say. And even with the list, it's probably hard to say that that's causative. Um, you know, I would be more concerned about pancreatic function um, because your pancreas is what has all those enzymes that help you break down those foods and uh, absorb them. So knowing that we have a history of some pancreatic issues, that's kind of where my mind goes. And so the priority I see is a GI office visit with a gastroenterologist to talk about that specifically um, to see if there's anything that needs to be added there and then um, nutrients uh, and getting nutrients in so that our that we are able to absorb um, and working specifically with a a dietitian to help get high quality calories that are going to have enough nutrition in them to support um, uh, moving back towards a healthy weight which being as as slim as she is at this point, that's going to have to be done very carefully as well because you can actually make yourself sick um, by trying kind of refeeding too quickly. Um, so a very kind of complex situation going on there um, that I really think is you know kind of going to be starting with a GI visit first. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with Josie and, and Jill. I, at this point, just go ahead and give your, I think you said it was your sister, mm-hmm. your sister, all yeah. the support in the world. Yep. Um, try not to, um, you know, interfere with all of the things that are going. She has a lot of stress and anxiety herself going on. Um, so it's more about support, uh, care and time. And at this point, just go ahead and um, uh, go ahead and say that, you know, a G, a, a seeing a, a stomach specialist might be a great first step um i i, I think the comp in terms of supplements i, I don't i don't think I don't we could think even comment what, yes. nor do i think it is making a significant uh move in in what she's doing but uh just just support time and care and uh and I, i'm sorry that she's going through it i wish you the best as y'all move forward thank you so much jill uh, have a have a great rest of your day know, I, I do know that they uh put her on um lots of enzymes mm-hmm. to take uh and that is one thing that, that she has been doing. Yeah. But thank you so much oh, for your so help. You're so welcome. We wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Have a good thank day. You. You're welcome. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. From MPB Think Radio, you're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Josie Bidwell, joined today by Dr. Danny Reich. And we've been talking all about supplements. We've had some great callers. And we're in the last few minutes of the show. So, Danny, I want to make sure that we talk about melatonin sure so tell me about melatonin that's probably um one of the most commonly used supplements that i see yeah um so we talked a little bit with lewis about sleep disturbance and sleep uh sleep mannered uh supplements and one of the primary ones in the environment that in the u.s let's say is uh melatonin so think about melatonin and it's not exactly like this but it's not that far off if you're at thanksgiving and uh, you're eating a lot of turkey, and turkey isn't <laughs> something you typically eat, right? Um, or at least not in that quantity, yes. maybe. So half a turkey. Yeah, and we're we're watching the Detroit Lions or something. There's always the football game on, and um, uh, you you eat that turkey, and by about two two thirty, what happens? You get sleepy. Yeah, like you crashing on the couch, right? And so you know and you're on grandma's couch and you're asleep and the part of that is 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 the tryptophan response mm-hmm. and that that tryptophan response is is synthetically stimulated with the melatonin um melatonin comes in a variety of doses from one milligram to 10 milligrams i've heard some toxic melatonin stories but one yeah. one to 10 milligrams uh, typically in the four to six milligram range is your typical adult dosage uh, it'll help you get to sleep it doesn't necessarily help you stay, stay asleep, asleep because yeah. after the uh, turkey sleep, what happens? You take the two hour nap and you wake up. You're not sleeping through the night at grandma's on the couch. Right. You, you're waking up. So it's a it's a nice uh, it's a nice little supplement that can help treat the underlying uh, the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, symptomatic insomnic component where the insomnia is of the falling asleep part. Yep. All right. Very quickly, we're going to go to Abbeville and say good morning, Andre. We've got just a few minutes. Tell us how we can help you. Oh, I've recently had a DEXA scan. I'm okay. 65 and had some osteopenia mm-hmm. uh, just in my sacrum and left hip. And I don't take a calcium supplement. Uh, I am lactose intolerant, so I had like <laughs> wasn't drinking no milk dairy, or yeah. dairy anymore for the last four years, probably. So I'm wondering uh, if I were to take a supplement, which would be the best and what would be the recommended dosage? Yeah, you know, in general, for women kind of in this age range, we do recommend a calcium and a vitamin D supplement. They go um, together. Um, Usually 
about 1,200 milligrams of calcium. Isn't that right, Danny? Yep, about yep. 12. And then 400 to 800 of vitamin D Correct. Um, would be the kind of standard dose that you would get. Now, knowing that you have osteopenia, I would ask your doctor to check your vitamin D level and see what it is. That was checked, and it was fine. Okay, good. That means you don't need any prescription <laughs> strength vitamin D. And yeah. then the second piece that I would add in is weight-bearing physical activity, mm-hmm. meaning I'm you... doing that. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you're doing all the right things. Just adding in that calcium and vitamin D supplement is is good. And there are multiple salts to that. So a lot of things you can do from the oscalcaltrates to the et cetera. Typically, the carbonate salt is the most generally accepted. And even if you only take one of the pills, the compliance studies from the Women's Health Initiative kind of showed even at 600, that's uh, a day is still meaningful. And with osteopenia, that was really with osteoporosis, with osteopenia, even if you even if you forget the second pill at least take something yep. that's that's kind of what i would leave you with so calcium carbonate is the more recommended uh, it, it, it's, it's the most common most common one yeah. yeah it's the most common yeah okay. all, all right, right. Milligrams of calcium. all right yep. thank you so much. you're so welcome thank you for giving us a call today and that hour went by super fast really did. but you've been listening to southern remedy healthy and fit if you didn't catch the show and you want to go back and listen you can do that by downloading our podcast just search for southern remedy wherever you get your podcasts if you didn't get your question in today you can send me an email to fit at mpbonline.org i want to thank our producer producer Kevin Farrell and the producer of our podcast Abram Nanny and thanks my wonderful guest Dr. Danny Reese for helping me tackle this topic today here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.